What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. Hey, John Lim here. We've got a great episode today. I'm excited to have Paul Howery. He's a coach at Heart-Based Leading, where he works with organizations on heart-based leadership and developing a culture of happiness in the workplace, something that is so needed these days, I think. You can learn more at his website, heartbasedleading.com. How are you today, Paul? Oh, I'm fantastic. Uh, well, it's just so good to chat with you, man. Yeah, you as well. I mean, and I've had several guests recently who I've connected with through the Winnie Sun tweet chat. You are another one. So big shout out to Winnie again. And uh, Paul, so great to have you on the show. I mean, you are putting out so much positive content. I love reading your tweets. I love your posts. I mean, you're you're just really, really living up to your brand. So I want you to tell your story. So tell us a little bit about your background and tell us what is your big why? You know, it's um, it's been a long journey yeah. that I think started probably when I was teaching. Okay. I was student teaching, well, geez, so long, 20 plus years ago. <laughs> what were you wow. teaching? <laughs> I was teaching, well, student teaching, I was teaching uh, U.S. history and Washington state history. Okay. And, uh. In the process, one of my first internships, I had a teacher that had everything was a rule. And if you violated a rule, you got a demerit. And so it was a total system of fear. And I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. How can I be placed in this? I'm not going to learn anything about being a good teacher. Hmm. And I was frustrated. And I, you know, it was day in, day out going, why am I even here? Why am I even here? And so finally, I couldn't take it anymore. And I went to the dean of the School of Education. I was at Seattle Pacific University. And I said, what do you expect me to learn? And she challenged me right then and there. Uh, Ruth Hansen, she's wonderful. And she goes, are you learning what not to do? Mm. And I went, "Uh, okay, got me. (laughs) (laughs) And, And then she said, are you having fun with the kids? And are the kids getting anything from you? And I said, I feel like I'm the beacon of light in that room. And it's weird because I shouldn't be. And she goes, well, then yes, she should be. And that was probably one of my first things where it was. It wasn't about the being right. It wasn't about methodologies. It was about being present mm-hmm. and caring. Yeah. And so that's what I took from that straight out. And then when I went into my actual own regular student teaching where I owned the classrooms that I was in, that was... I put that to the test, time in, time out. And it was one of those funny things is once somebody knows you care about them, they'll do anything. Yeah. yeah. You know, if it's genuine. Yeah, definitely. So, Paul, you were teaching. You started out in the classroom. So how did your career evolve as you got that epiphany from your early days as a teacher? Well, so this was the, this was the crazy thing. When I, when I finally became a teacher – I like a licensed teacher, I should say. I decided I was going to go full bore, and and SPU made us do just this unbelievable amount of lesson planning. It was so detailed, so perfect, methodological. Everything had to be in place. And all I could think about was if the students don't care, and they're put off by you, all that work really isn't going to matter. Yeah. And so that's when I went full bore with it, 
And it was one of those kind of like, a, you know, of a social behavioral science uh, in college. That's what I studied. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, well, let's see if this works. And my students were amazing. They responded so well. It's like Teddy Roosevelt's thing. Nobody knows how much or nobody cares how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Yeah. Uh, at that quote. That's just that's a part of human human nature. It's part of our neuroscience, really. Yeah. And I just put that into play and my students were so unbelievably achieving. It was fantastic. I, I, I taught at a poor uh, kind of gnarly high school in uh, the Seattle area, White Center. Actually, shout out to White Center. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those things where you realize you hit something. Yeah. And then yeah. I was teaching there for a while. And I got caught into a kind of a political quagmire. It had nothing to do with students. The students were great. I, matter of fact, if I if this hadn't happened, I probably still would have been a teacher. Wow. But then my buddy called me up and he said, because I had a tech company that I started with some friends before, mm-hmm. and then I quit that to go back to teaching. And he says, I need someone to do this. And I was like, no, I'm, I like, I love my job. I'm going to finish up teaching here. Maybe I'll go back someday, by the way. But the, uh, he needled me a bunch of while. We were club rock climbing. And one day I just got so tired of the politics and he made me an offer that was just financially I couldn't refuse. Wow. And it was like, oh, okay, I'm done. Yeah. I can't fight these fights anymore. And it was always for the kids. You know, teaching is definitely underfunded and yeah. and kind of tough at that time. But uh, so I thought, well, I'm going to take this same methodology into the company where I'm going to go work. Mm, and it. what's funny was is I became the head of IT, which is normally about – the tech sciences, but I applied my whole position and I did it for 14 years from the people sciences. Yeah. Technology changes all the time, but how we interact and what we value and if we're taken care of, that kind of is a fairly constant thing. And so I applied that in the IT space to be a highly flexible and dynamic kind of influence to make technology work for people so their jobs would be easier and they'd have more fun. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. The key word there being fun, and it calls back to what the dean of the school was was telling you a long time ago when you started out in your teaching career. I mean, that's the first question. Uh, you know, are you having fun? Are your students having fun? And I love that. So, Paul, talk a little bit about what you do today with heart-based leading. Uh, well, about a year ago, I, uh, I found myself in a situation where well, I'm either going to go find a job somewhere else or go out on my own. And I thought, you know what? I I became after. By the way, let me backtrack real quick. I became the. I made a pitch to be the P, VP of People and Operations, which was internal operations at my former company, because mm-hmm. I wanted to. I wanted to make a ten best place to work. Oh yeah. Because I know that happy people make and do cool things, and happy people don't. It's yeah. kind of that simple. Yeah. And so that was my goal. And then through a series of things and then some investment stuff that was going on, I found myself going out. I guess it's time for a new venture. Mm-hmm. And that's when I I basically I kind of did what Zach did and picked up and uh, sold. Uh, my wife and I, we talked about it. Uh, we sold our rental house. And that was the money I used to start uh, building my 
uh, heart based leading company. Yeah. And Zach, as in Zach MacArthur, who we had on the show. Yes. He's yes. awesome. And uh, yeah, I think you and I were just chatting about his episode. And uh, we so were. Yeah. You picked up and you left. I mean, was that scary for you? Yes. Imagine. <laughs> 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 and and, and um, how did your wife? I mean, was she uh, was she uh, on board with this? Was you know, did you have some difficult conversations? What was that like? You know, telling her that this was going to be kind of the next thing. You know, I I have always been one to be very transparent and sharing. Yeah, and especially with my person who's my partner in life. Yeah, I mean, she is she's she's absolutely amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. It's just it's wonderful. Uh, we talked about it, and she said. Let's do it. And so I just, you know, we bid it, we sold it, we went for it. And now I'm, I'm uh, she's my, she's my biggest fan. Yeah. It's weird. Oh, so it's one of those things that's so amazing. That I, is awesome. I would that call it awesome. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's great. Well, Paul, you picked up, you started, you're now doing this amazing work. So what is your big why? It really comes down to, Doing the attending to the heart first, yeah, in everything, and I, I say that because we're we're emotional way before we're rational. I mean, yeah. it's in our lizard so brain. True. So true. I mean, e- even what we think and think about and uh, we take as what's true is actually an emotional base of I'm comfortable with the source of this information, therefore I believe it, and I'm going to attach myself to it and become a stalwart with it. Yeah. It's all emotional. Um, and it's not to say that it's all relative because I don't believe that at all. But that emotional component in just about everything in our life is what either holds us back or propels us. And the more we try to be rational and think, well, well this shouldn't matter. But then all of a sudden it does. And here we are just sitting there spinning our wheels and spinning our wheels because we just hit our internal emotional wall. Yeah. That's the part. That, now, it could be uh, working with a company, with teams, with executives, um, even just re- regular individuals in the company. And once people find out that it's safe and that it's OK and that they matter and then they can make a mistake, um, I would call these all elements of love. Yeah. You know, the place where you care. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, they'll go beyond them and go farther. Matter of fact, matter of fact go back to my wife really quick. One of the reasons I'm able to do this is she's there with me in this attempt to make a better world and make a great company. Oh, that's fantastic. And if I make a mistake, I'm not beaten down. Uh, It's more the question of, okay, what do we learn? How can we keep going forward in this? Yeah, I love that. Absolutely love that. That is incredible. So, Paul, I'm interested to know, what do you think is the biggest challenge you face today in achieving your big why? (laughs) <laughs> this made me laugh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no problem. Uh, no, I just I, I just finished up uh, a nine month uh, executive professional coaching program, and it's and I funny I went into it not to, basically to learn what an executive might be going through in coaching, mm-hmm. so that I could be a better help to them. Yeah. Turns out it was actually a better help for me, oh, and wow. I found okay. myself being a, an utter fan of coaching. Yeah. And, uh, and you, did you did that revelation come to you? And how so? Oh, it was kind of gradual. Um, oh, no. Anyway, it was gradual. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because I hired a, a guy named Marcel Swans, who is an amazing coach, mm-hmm. uh, amazing coach and a beautiful human being. He, um, in going through that, realizing, oh, 
I've got these spots where I'm stuck. So basically, the biggest challenge is myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, I build my own little emotional walls to protect myself from where I think I'm not maybe going to do as well or, you know, I don't want to look bad, you know, just typical ego things. Sure. And brick by brick, they get bigger and bigger. And then we can't even see our own dreams. Well, yeah. I don't want to lose my dreams. A lot of us fall into that. A lot of us have uh, dreams that sometimes we kind of talk ourselves out of. We overthink right. a lot of things. And we have that imposter syndrome that holds us back. So really important, I think, especially in 2018. So, Paul, uh, one of the, I mean, I love the fact that you're on here to talk about this. What are you doing to tackle this challenge and to move forward? So I, what I do is I keep to this component of sticking with the people. Yeah. And that, and that, and I, and it's people, I do people purpose pay in my own brain. That's what matters first people, then it's purpose then it's pay. Yeah. And if I keep that in perspective, I usually do better. Cause what it means is when I start getting those anxieties and whatever else, and where I feel, you know, kind of like vulnerable and whatever else, that's the time when you have to reach out to the people around you because they're the ones who are going to help you take down those internal walls brick by brick. When you do it yourself, man, that just sucks. It just, yeah, yeah. You, you, you'll sit there and you'll spin and you'll spin and you'll spin. And at that point you're not moving forward at all. Yeah. That's so true. So, <laughs> and so it's to, to stay that way. It's to uh, stay vulnerable. Um, when I get insecure, reach out to people that matter. I mean, like for example, just, even this uh, interview, I mean, a podcast with you, I was like, oh, my God, I'm not even worthy oh, to be wow. in this group of people. You you, you have got podcasts of such amazing people. Uh, I mean, it's just and, – it, like, and it's all perspective because I think you are an amazing person, Paul. And I was just, <laughs> it's, so, it's so interesting because it's so true. Sometimes we are our own worst critic or enemy. Oh, and, yes. you know, We are our own harshest critic, and it usually – it's not an accurate reflection of how other people will see you. No, it's uh, that's that's funny because this is and so this is my path to keep myself from that way. I love it. And and this and this it. is here. This is how it works. So I have a co, co uh, cohort coach friend, Lucy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she's amazing, and she has this term that quite often we have this own little committee and she calls it the itty bitty blank committee that <laughs> sits in our head. <laughs> That tells us when we're not good enough, wonders if yeah. we're not going to get something done in time, we're going to fail, will somebody really like us? And and we were totally laughing about that in one of, this, one of the group meetings we had. And, and then, so I'll have that. And then the next moment I'll be like, um, I'm here, I'm going to change the world, I got this. Yeah. yeah. And it goes back and forth. And I, and I used that, uh, in the past I've used this with my with employees. We all have the mirror. We have the mirror that we hold. And when we look at it, it's uh, we see ourselves, but we also only see what's behind us. Yeah. And that's usually one of the worst places to judge from. Yeah. Now, that's we right. also have our friends and the people around us, our coworkers and so on. And that's that mirror that they hold is 360 degrees of us. Yeah. And if we use them both, we can get somebody who can always remind us that there was this way forward because they might be looking over our shoulder, seeing really amazing stuff that we're doing. And we don't see it because we're looking in the mirror going, oh, my gosh, is that a blemish on my forehead? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and so staying grounded in the support and the community around you, it's a um, tangent. It's why I loved uh, joining and getting involved with the Winnie Sun group and the yeah. tweet chat. 
Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's such an empowering community to be a part of. And that's key to getting corrected when we're in our own little uh, itty bitty committee. Yeah. And I mean, I was just talking with someone the other day about choose a social media group and get involved. It's yeah. where the world is. And it's not that it have to be social media, but I says you can actually get a true caring group. You get yeah. it, it. You will have a community there that's real. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a facade. It doesn't have to be this, uh, you know, personal uh, tabloid kind of thing. But it can be a great supporting, correcting, guiding community. And that's what keeps like for me and my own thing where I'm worried about me from going it alone is to go together. Yeah, I, I think that is so important. And two things that I think you hit on, which I think are important, having mentors and you, you've worked with coaches. And I think that can be very empowering. But also finding that community, that community of like-minded people where you're sharing a lot of the same struggles, but also you're sharing your successes and you're just encouraging each other to move forward. So those are two huge takeaways. And I really appreciate you sharing those, Paul. Well, Paul, are you ready for the Knowledge Burst session? All right, hit me. All right. I'm going to tweak this just a little bit. Super excited to have you. I'm going to start with a question that I normally don't ask my guests. I usually ask my guests to share tips and tools, but I'm going to start with this one. They say that happiness is a choice. Would you agree with that statement and why? In the way that we look at happiness in the as we're victims, mm-hmm. it's it's not really a choice, which is really a shame because if you're not happy, it's this. No, so I do fall into the camp that it is a choice, but it's also you have to realistically come to your own heart and and work with your emotions in a healthy way. Like, for example, say you feel really lousy. Follow your heart. No, you're feeling really lousy. Maybe yeah. you should just listen to your heart because maybe it's telling you that, hey, something's not right. And in order for it to be right, you're going to have to change something. Yeah. And so – that's a choice. And that choice then takes you into a space to where you go, there's a reason this hurts and I'm going to deal with it. And then I'm going to move to a place that's better so I can actually be happy. And you can totally develop uh, your your brain into a space where it's not Pollyanna, which, by the way, I hear that joke all the time because right. my name is Paul. Because <laughs> right. I'm rather, I'm rather optimistic. <laughs> um, but the... That choice is one where you practice things that are happy. Yeah. And you're creating new pathways in your brain so that given a, a tough situation, now your brain has a neurochemical possibility to go a direction that is in the more positive or healthy way than just following down that same uh, Grand Canyon of a neural pathway that water goes through so easily. And you go down the bad path. But that takes practice, and that's a choice. It's a discipline. Yes. And when you do that, you don't feel it at first. But over time, it totally makes a difference. Kind of like working out. You start working out. It's like, I don't see a difference. First time is so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know, two months later, you're like, hey, what happened to me? Yeah. Well, the same thing happens in your brain. (laughs) So, so yeah, I do believe it's a choice, though it's not a fluffy we're all this. Because even happiness – you know, what makes one person happy is different than another. And so you've got to be honest with yourself on that. Absolutely. I think that's a great, great chair and a great point. Well, Paul, I'm excited to ask you. So do you have, and this is where our guests share a favorite resource that can help our listeners move forward. So do you have a favorite tech tool 
or it can be a productivity practice, such as I have people who talk about writing lists, uh, whether it's on their phone, their computer, or pen and paper. Pick a resource or practice and share one with our listeners that's been a real game changer for you. Hmm. <laughs> Um, I have my own personal Kobayashi Maru. Oh, yeah. All right. I had to throw that I in there it, for you. Yeah. The Star Trek Wrath of God. All right. So for our listeners who may not be familiar with it, and I, I hope we have <laughs> listeners who are, explain what the Kobayashi Maru is. All right. It's a Star Trek thing. And yes. there's the test when Kirk was going through to, be, to learn to be a starship captain. And it's a no-win scenario yes. of having to rescue another ship in uh, in neutral space with the Klingons, and it's assured death. But what he did was he changed the programming, yes. he changed the yes. rules. And I, uh, I'll put this into uh, a practice, which is to get up and be conscious about finding good things to appreciate. Mm. Um, uh, a wonderful book on this is The Happiness Advantage by a, by a neuroscientist called Sean Aker. Oh, wow. And you think neuroscience book, oh, God, I'm going to die reading it. It's actually very fun, and it's actually uh, practical and applicable to our daily lives. But one of those things is to always practice doing and appreciating good things. Yeah. And by doing that, I rewrite the no-win situation in my head. <laughs> I love it. You changed the rules as, as Admiral Kirk did in uh, Star yeah. Trek too. I love it. That is so great. Paul, I'm excited to ask you. So we've talked a lot about choices today. What mm -hmm. is one small activity or choice you're making today to move forward? Uh, this was the easiest question in the whole thing. <laughs> um, I'm doing this podcast with you. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, gosh. I mean, that, I'm very, very touched by that. I didn't pay you to say that. <laughs> no, no, you did. No, no. So that, was, that, was, that? that was not a plug like that. No, that was how, actually... is, how is that a choice? Explain for our listeners why this was a, a choice for you to move forward today. Well, I might hate my own voice. That's one, which means if it's in a podcast, my voice is out there forever. But no, this was a, it was one of those risks. It was that I, earlier when I was saying, uh, man, am I even worthy for this? Because part of me is like, oh, hell yeah, I'm worthy. I'm changing the world. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then at the same time, I'm like, oh, goodness sakes, these people are amazing in this list. And I'm one year into my business and I'm still in my life's experiment of going forward. So. Yeah, this is a step forward. This this really was a step forward for me. Well, I'm glad I could be a part of it. And for what it's worth, I think you've got a great voice. And uh, I think <laughs> I, I'm happy to share it out with the world. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Paul, ready to do a little time travel? Let's do it. All right. We're going to step into a time machine. We're setting the date, and I'm glad that we have you on the show today. You said you're one year in your business, but let's travel ahead to five. You're going to meet future Paul. Tell me about future Paul in five years. All right. I, I, have, I have some real concretes here for this one. Great. I want a TED talk mm -hmm. on uh, how our emotions work in our brains with our neurochemistry and how that can really change 
the rest of the world by being kinetic. And then wow. that's all kind of weird and yeah, maybe hard no, to follow. So I'll just, I'll just drop that off right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to have an office in India. Oh, wow. uh, in this last uh, two years, I've, I've had the wonderful blessing of being able to help set up a subsidiary in India for my former company oh, and then go back there uh, as a, a heart based leading to go work with them on their corporate culture and leadership and, and guidance. Uh, they are so wonderful to hang around with. And there's just like like in the rest of the world, it's 75 percent of people are disengaged at work because they're unhappy. I want to have an office there so that it actually changes that space, too, because not unlike the U.S., it's uh, there's a lot of drudgery and you really want people to be happy and, and, and enjoying life. Because guess what? When they're doing that at work, they go home and they celebrate with their families yes. as opposed to being crabby with them. Yes. So I want to save a whole bunch of marriages. Oh, um, <laughs> um, and then I want to I want to have a drink with actually at some point in the well, hopefully in five years, we'll have had many drinks. Uh, so maybe Richard Branson, I'll put up a real high mark wow. there. I love, I love that. Uh, that's such a great one. I think you're the first person who has named something that specific. I love it. <laughs> I, I want to have a drink with Richard Branson. I love his uh, book, The Virgin Way. Mm -hmm. I, I love that he bucked the system and went with caring for people. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It, it actually economically pays off. There are so many things you can look at to see that. So that's oh, like, absolutely. And my ultimate tally would be that in the, in the whole world, 20% more companies will be taking care of their people and finding out how much better their lives and business are from it. Yeah. Um, that's pretty ambitious, I know, but what the I heck? think you're going to hit all of those, and I love that you're sharing <laughs> that today. Great share, Paul. And you have a very clear, defined vision of who Paul is in five years, and I absolutely love it. Well, Paul, how can our listeners connect with you and learn about all the fantastic work that you're doing? I have my website, heartbasedleading.com, and where I'm blogging and putting ideas and listening to people, hopefully through that. Uh, LinkedIn, Paul Howery. Uh, Twitter, at Paul Howery. I'm at Facebook, Paul Howery. I kind of will embrace whatever is out there because, yeah. you know, if you don't get out in the world, you're certainly not going to change it much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. We'll have all of those in the write-up. Well, Paul, I'd love to have you close out the show. So what parting wisdom would you like to share with Moving Forward listeners? Uh, um, this is something that my coaching cohort, we came up with as a group. Mm -hmm. And it's be a CEO. Mm. And there's an odd play here um, because it's actually about being curious, empathetic, and optimistic. Wow. And what's important is, is to do this towards yourself and to those around you. Um, and yourself matters too, because if you can't do it for yourself, you certainly aren't very good at doing it for others. But curious would be when you have a problem, don't judge. Instead, get curious to why something's going awry so that you can maybe find a way to fix it and get to a better place. Uh, be empathetic. Um, one of the worst things we do is uh, we'll judge somebody on the opposite side of the spectrum without having any empathy. Because yeah. once you get to know somebody, you find out, oh, they're kind of just like you. Um, yeah. They might have a different viewpoint, but the empathy is the bridge that takes you close. The other one, the last one in this, the CEO is optimism. Have, be optimistic. If you aren't optimistic, you're never going to go change something. You're not going to change something because you're going to be like, well, what's the use? Yeah. 
and that's a choice to be optimistic. And I had somebody, I says, well, I'm an optimist. And he goes, well, I'm a realist. And I says, why is an optimistic real? Yeah. And he went, uh, and I says, that's yeah, really simple. Yeah. If nobody believed they couldn't change something, they would never change something. Yeah. So be optimistic and, you know, that's the way you're going to do it. So that was our credo when, uh, as we decided that we would run, uh, work as coaches to be curious, empathetic, and optimistic. And we should all do that for ourselves, our hearts, and everyone else deserves it. I love it. Uh, moving forward, listeners, take it from Paul. Be your own CEO. Start moving <laughs> forward today. Paul, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today to share some incredible knowledge bursts on heart-based leading, happiness in the workplace, and your amazing story so that our listeners can be inspired to move forward. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you very much. And Moving Forward listeners, one more time, check it out, bemovingforward.com. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, at bemovingforward. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week, and remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.